Hello and welcome to Sea Change, a podcast series by the Scottish Fisheries Museum. This podcast asks a selection of the most knowledgeable people their thoughts on the current situations facing our seas and what they think the future looks like. So today we are here with Elspeth MacDonald um, for our final Sea Change podcast episode. If Elspeth, um, you could just introduce yourself with your name um, your role and where you're based. I'm Elspeth MacDonald. I'm the Chief Executive of the Scottish Fishermen's Federation. I've been in that role um, just for seven months, so I'm, I'm fairly new. And, and I'm based up in Aberdeen, and I'm very happy to uh, come and talk to you today. So our first question is sort of your personal connection with the sea. So how do you interact with the seas in your role? I've got a lifelong connection with the sea. Uh, I grew up in a small fishing community on the west coast of Scotland. I grew up in Tobermory on the Isle of Mull, known to many young people as Balamory, full of coloured houses and cartoon, not cartoon characters, but um, children's uh, uh, characters. Um, But Tobermory, where I grew up, um, was and still is a a fishing port, albeit um, a fairly small one and one where uh, predominantly now the main focus will be on shellfish but when I was growing up there um, there was a lot of fishing activity in the town and indeed the town was um, founded in 1788 um, to be by the um, fisheries board at the time to try and develop it as, as a fishing port so I've really got a lifelong connection uh, to the sea and to fishing uh, my husband is, uh, is a, a, a seafarer by trade he's a ship's officer um, but he also started his, his working life in the fishing industry in Ireland. So I've got lifelong connections to the sea and to fishing. And I know you've not been sort of, you've been in coasts for um, less than a year. Yeah, seven, seven months. Mm-hmm. Um, so in your role there specifically, how have you been interacting with the sea? Um, well, clearly, um, my job is uh, to represent the interests of our members. So we've got um, eight associations within the membership of of the federation and they represent uh, around uh, 400 vessels in Scotland um, and probably make up uh, a large proportion of the the tonnage uh, of of the fleet. Um, So my job is to uh, represent their interests and take forward their interests uh, with government and with others across a whole range of issues. So clearly at the moment, there's been a big focus around the whole change that's coming in fisheries management through Brexit and the opportunities that that presents uh, for, the, for the Scottish fishing fleet, um, but also much, much, much broader than that. So around how we interact with uh, government and others around things like marine conservation um, and protected areas in the sea, how we um, how we coexist with other users of the sea, so the oil and gas industry, the growing renewable sector, and how we really want to continually improve the focus on um, safety in the industry. I'm really trying to get to a point where it's a, it's an industry where people don't get hurt and, and don't lose their lives. So there's there's a huge amount of breadth of um, 
work that I'm involved with. And whilst I'm mostly either uh, in an office in Aberdeen or in offices in Edinburgh or London, I've also been round our membership. I've been up to Lerwick and Shetland and I've been to Orkney and round the North East. So I'm getting out and about and seeing as many of our members in their own environment as I can. I mean, I guess as well, once you've either lived by the sea or worked by the sea, it never really leaves you, does it? Yeah, that's exactly right. And as I say, I, I grew up by the sea um, when I moved to Aberdeen first. Uh, it was to study marine and fisheries science. I didn't intend to, to stay in Aberdeen, uh, but 30 years later, um, whilst I don't live in the city, um, I'm, I'm working in it. So I feel, uh, yeah, I feel very closely connected to the sea. And you spoke a lot there about how you interact with your members. Um, is there any ways sort of that you engage the public in your work specifically? Um, I think we do, in, we probably engage the public in ways that maybe is more about what our interests are rather than about um, about the work that we do. And I think that's an interesting question because just last week, in fact, um, I had a, a really interesting and useful meeting with a school teacher who is really keen to have better resources available for um, teachers to use to teach uh, children uh, across all age groups to teach them more about the fishing industry. Uh, I think she felt that when she went to find some resources to do a, a project with a primary school that the resources were a bit limited and that they weren't maybe terribly up to date. So I think there's I think that's a signal that there's, there's probably a lot more that we can do to um, to talk about our industry. And I think it's increasingly important as we look to the future and we think about the, uh, you know, the increasing pressures that will come on all of us to reduce our carbon footprint and to live more sustainably. And I think to, to really sell and promote to the public the fact that, that Scottish caught fish is a really good, healthy, sustainable, low carbon food source. I mean... Yeah, a, a, a quite a large proportion of Scotland is coastal, so it's quite an important part of our heritage, but also our present day, and I guess um, it's quite important to teach that to the younger generations as well. Yes, I think absolutely, and I think that's why uh, this year of Scotland's coasts and waters is a, a great opportunity for us to focus on our, our aquatic resources, not just the sea, but also our, our, our freshwater resources. Because as you say, Scotland has an enormous coastline, um, has, has a lot of water, either around it or, or, or on top of it. Um, so I, I think... Um, we certainly need to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to learn more about our aquatic and our marine industries and 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 their importance um not just um today but also going forward into the future yeah absolutely so how's your role so far um broadened your understanding of the issues facing our seas at the moment um i think one probably something i've really reflected on um quickly is looking at the increased pressures in terms of use of the sea. Um, we have a, a good um, little animation somewhere in the office which shows a map of Scotland and the waters around it and then when you start to build up all the different activities that go on there, whether it's oil and gas installations, fishing activities, marine protected areas, fish farms, aquaculture sites, um, 
you start to see it, it, it's a very crowded place. So whilst the sea looks great and big and a huge expanse on the horizon, there's a lot going on there. So I think, um, you know, one of the real challenges going forward is about how we have effective management of our seas that enables all these industries to um, be successful and to be sustainable uh, and to coexist. So I think there's 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 a lot I think in in the <clears throat> in the space of, of marine planning and and how we can all work together that's going to be very important for the future. And how do you see your role in SFF um, sort of impacting on that? I think very much making the case for fishing. You know, fishing has gone on in our waters since time immemorial, and so sitting here in in the museum and just walking through the building today, um, before we sat down to do this recording is is. And a perfect example of that. We've always had fishing activity in our water. We want to continue to have fishing activities in our water, but we recognise that there's other people now um, in the, the blue economy. Um, and therefore, my job has to be to make the case for why fishing needs to remain a, an important part of that. Said it better. Um, so if you could tell someone something that they might not know about our seas, what would it be? Oh my goodness. Um, well, I don't do it now, but when I was younger, when I was a student, I, I, I did quite a lot of diving in Scottish waters. And I don't think people, when people stand perhaps looking out to sea on a bit of a cold, windy day like it is today, it just looks a bit cold and grey and not particularly inviting. But I think if people really saw the richness, richness uh, and variety and beauty of our um, subsurface environment. I think people would have, have a, a really different, um, perhaps take and and and, and um, yeah, a different take on, on what our watery environment looks like. So so I think there's just something about conveying that we have um, tremendously rich and uh, valuable waters in our um, in our in our. Um, we call it our exclusive economic zone um so both um inshore and offshore you know it's a tremendous resource and, and also a very beautiful place and as you've not been at the sff for long it would be really nice to see if you've got any stories so far about some amazing experiences you've had um i've certainly had some i, I think my it's of ama i don't know if there's so much amazing experiences i've certainly had some quite surreal they still feel a bit surreal i think because the fishing industry currently has a high profile because of the Brexit negotiations and the stage that things are at. Uh, I think the thing that's been probably most surprising to me has been the, the very heightened public profile of the industry and therefore of me because people look to me as a, a spokesperson for for the views of, of, of my membership. Um, so uh, getting up early in the morning to drive into Aberdeen to sit in a little cupboard in Beechgrove um, terrace where the BBC studios are to be interviewed live on the Today programme is mildly terrifying um, but also a great opportunity to to be able to um, to get our message uh, across to, to a large audience um, and I think I've had some really super opportunities to go and see some of our some of the industry um, on the, the day I went up to Shetland in the autumn I was blessed by the most absolutely glorious beautiful day blues it was like a day in the Mediterranean and one of their great new pelagic fleet had just come into Larwick so I was really privileged to see her at first hand and, and have a look round the absolute 
um, state-of-the-art uh, modern, modern fishing vessel. Yeah, I mean, for people who don't know so much about specific fishing vessels, can you explain maybe some of the technology that sort of allows the fish to be caught? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the fishing industry is really diverse and um, we've got very diverse membership across our uh, federation members. We've got um, vessels that would operate mostly in the inshore, uh, small vessels, maybe just with one or two, two people operating them, perhaps using um, creels, pots to catch crabs and lobsters and, uh, and some, some of the shellfish species. Uh, then we have our, our whitefish fleet, which um, are the trawlers that are, are are trawling quite close to the bottom of the of the sea, the demersal to catch the demersal species, so things like cod and haddock and whiting and uh, and and those sorts of fish. Uh, we have nephrops, a nephrops fleet, so they are the the um, trawlers that are catching the prawns that you often see in your langoustines and scampies and things like that. So. Again, they're they're um, sort of bottom trawling on on muddy grounds where the where the prawns uh, tend to live. We have scallopers, so um, vessels that are catching scallops, which are a great delicacy. Many people uh, find them a huge treat. Um, and then we have the the pelagic vessels, which the pelagic fleet has developed in recent years into quite a a, a small number of large vessels that are really efficient. Um, they, they, um, they're mostly mid-water trawling and they're catching shoals of herring and mackerel primarily. And th these are very seasonal fisheries uh, and, and, and they, I think we have, um, we have somewhere between 20 and 30 of those in our membership. So it's a very diverse fleet, everything from the, the small uh, inshore vessels right up to uh, big modern trawlers. Yeah. I mean, I thought I'd ask, since we are recording this on International Women's Day, um, how your role has been... How has it felt as a woman and for maybe women you come across in your day-to-day -day life as part of your role? Yeah, it's interesting. We sometimes get calls from the media saying, um, oh, we'd, we'd really like to do some filming of, of women, uh, fisher, fisherwomen. Uh, you know, can you put us in touch with, with, with people? And sadly, in our membership, we can't because we don't actually have women at the sharp end in our fleet, in our membership, uh, catching fish. But my goodness, there's a lot of really important women in the industry. They might not be the ones at the sharp end catching fish, but there are really talented, clever, successful women right across the, the industry through the supply chain and processing and the markets, uh, in, in government bodies that we work with, in research and science. A huge range of, of women really critically important to the to the industry's success so so it would be great to see to see maybe more more women fishing and I, and I think probably in some parts of the country there there will be some out there but um, it's it's primarily a male dominated um, workplace I think in terms of being at sea but I say women are crucially important to the industry um, so what can the people listening to this podcast do to play their part either in, on the sustainability side and supporting the Scottish fishing industry? Um, I think I would really encourage people to eat more fish. Now, I would say that, wouldn't I? Because I represent the, 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 a large chunk of the catching sector. But also, I spent 20 years of my working life before this job working in food safety and food standards and trying to improve the Scottish diet. And it always 
was disappointing to us that Scotland does not meet its dietary goals in fish consumption. And it's a great product. It's good for you. It's a really low um, carbon footprint source of protein. It's sustainably managed. Um, it, if we eat our own produce, it can have really short, uh, short food miles. So I think the way in which that I would encourage people to really support our industry is, is to really enjoy and embrace the huge range of fantastic food that our industry provides. And then sort of, well, yeah, you said about the carbon miles. Um, then I guess there's the argument of the overfishing side. How do you feel about the people that present that argument? Well, I think it's important to recognise that um, fish stocks are managed um, through internationally developed scientific advice and through uh, an in international processes by which we have shared stocks, etc. And um, around 60% um, of the stocks that we are um, involved with are, are fished at sustainable levels. I think there certainly have been um, times in the past where overfishing uh, has, has been a problem and stocks have suffered as a consequence. But I think that has changed very significantly in the time that I've, when I worked in this industry um, 20 odd years ago and, and coming back to where we are today, there has been, a, I think, a real sea change. And it's interesting, again, walking around the museum, you get a sense of how important families are in this industry. And that really continues to be the case. We've still got um, generations of families involved in the industry and they want that industry to be sustainable for the future. So I think there has been a sea change. I think we've we've come a very long way in fisheries management and we want our fish stocks to be sustainable so that the industry is successful for the future. So where do you personally see the seas in 50 years time? Um, well, I think they'll continue to be busy places um, because um, as as we were speaking about earlier, there's... there's um, an increasing range of activities that are going on in our seas. Um, what I would really like to see in the future is um, well-managed, sustainable uh, marine resources, where uh, fishing uh, is very much part of that, uh, a, a successful and thriving fishing industry, fishing on sustainable and well-managed stocks. And actually with the with the changes that are coming through leaving the common fisheries policy and the opportunity to de develop a, f a modern fisheries management programme for Scotland and the rest of the UK, we've actually got a probably once in a lifetime opportunity to, to design a really good system for the future. So that's what we must do. So I'm guessing sort of that's more in the future of your role. I mean, you have only been in for seven months. So how do you see What's your sort of main goals for the future of your role so far? The big focus this year um, is about um, continuing to um, make the case for why uh, we need to control access to the UK's exclusive uh, economic zone. Um, controlling access to our, our, our waters is the, 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 the ace in the pack in terms of sustainable management of our fisheries. Um, and also working both with the UK government and with the Scottish government to design and to develop that fisheries management system for the future. And we're very busy um, on the first stage of that at the moment in, in starting to develop the first fisheries bill that there will have been in the UK um, since the advent of the common fisheries policy. So really designing 
um, a whole new um, regulatory and management system for the future. So that's very exciting. So I think we're almost done. Um, I'll sort of end um, with maybe a light-hearted or maybe still quite difficult question. Um, if you could pick, is there a favourite part of your job? Um, oh God, it's interesting. I like all of it because I like variety and it's a really varied job. I think... I think one of the things I really like about it is that I actually have a lot of contact with people who are very practically involved with the industry. Um, it's easy to sit in an office and think you understand things, um, but actually you have to go out, you have to talk to people, you have to hear what it's really like um, at the sharp end, at the coal face, if you like. And actually I love going out and seeing, seeing vessels and just being messing about on boats. Great. Do you think your members really appreciate the fact that you do take the time and effort to go and sort of see what they're actually doing firsthand? I hope they do. I, I very much hope they do. I, 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 and I think they do value um, the fact that you make an effort to understand uh, and make an effort to, to um, ask them what they care about and what they're worried about and what I can do to help. So, so I think that's a really important part of the job. That's great to hear. Um, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast to speak to us. It's been really interesting to hear all about your work. And as it's only in the early stages, um, I'm sure you can make a massive impact in the future. Well, I hope so. That's uh, I'm hoping hoping to, that uh, you know, we, we go into the future with a, a really good um, management system for the future that really works to protect our industry and, and protect our stocks. Thank you. It's been very good. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Sea Change, the Scottish Fisheries Museum podcast series that accompanies our exhibition of the same name, running from the 24th of January to the 21st of June 2020. We hope that this series has been both informative and enjoyable and has given you plenty of food for thought on the future of our seas.